Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello everyone. Well, football's finally back. While it was great to be back at it and uh, getting into old routines after almost 18 months away, some things just don't change and in this instance that thing is Preston North End. Jimmy and I are back today for episode 2 and we'll try and start with some positives before getting into the Hull City game. We'll answer a few listener questions and we'll finish off by previewing the Mansfield game on Tuesday night and the Reading game on Saturday. Enjoy! Jim, how are you, mate? Aside from the football, I know uh, we'll come on to that. We've probably got a good hour of talking about that, but that aside, no, we're not, you... Jay, we're not talking about that football for an hour. Well, I'm doing fo- football-related no. stuff. Yeah, okay, that's fine. We're not talking about it yesterday for an hour because I literally, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll not be here by that point. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah, it was um, a challenging afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah, very much so. Very much so for numerous different reasons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, before we get into it, as always at the start of these episodes, just a reminder that you can support us here at From the Finney with a one-off or regular donation of any size, entirely up to you. Uh, just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. And as I say, every week, anything that is donated is greatly appreciated. Um, if you're listening on an Apple device as well, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Yeah, let's... Let's get into it, mate. I think I've had a couple of tweets and a couple of messages saying, can you try and start with something positive? So, Oh, I, I can. Think, yeah, I can start with quite a few positives. I think that's probably the best place to start. And, and credit where it's due, um, the media output from the club has improved quite a bit in the last yeah. few weeks. Um, yeah, and I've no these- doubt that that is in no small part to Hannah and Tom and presumably Ben as well. Um mm-hmm. Obviously, they put out, I can't remember what it's called, but the Friday night show that they put out. I think it was called the Friday night show. Oh. Um, <laughs> some, or something like that. I thought that was decent. Decent little half an hour segment, tapping into a different market, you know, being on YouTube and everything. I thought that yeah. was good. Um, I thought the PA announcer was class. Yeah. He was quality. Like, whoever signed him up, get him for the season. Because, like, it got everyone going and it was strange anyway being back in deep yesterday. You know, I, I went in early. Like, I went in the fan zone for a bit. Thought that's a good addition. A little bit, it, a few teething problems, but it was always going to be the case, weren't it? Yeah, you know, it's to the be first expected, time they've had it. it. To be fair. Yeah, it was packed and it was chucking it down. So everyone flocked in there. It felt like um, a bit loud in terms of band and I think they run out of booze as well at one point at all Largo anyway. But it's like, you see these little things that will improve and I think they probably need a bigger tent going forward because yeah. it was good it was good to be fair to him and like it just shows like how simple it were it can work it doesn't need to be all bells and whistles you know people having a good time in there and good to see people so i think just yeah. just a little thing like having a band on it just helps create a bit of atmosphere as well doesn't it 
yeah, and I think it's like that was a it was a good start to the day. Like you got in the ground and you think, wow, we're back. You know, it felt really strange. Felt mm. really odd being back in the ground, but it was good as well. It felt normal. And then, like the pain outs got everyone going, you know, sweet Caroline. Yeah, wow, you know, here we go. Much of a good shout was that. Oh, yeah, it was belting. So, whoever come up with that, well done. But, um, yeah, it just felt good to be back. And then the first five minutes of football were, were decent. You know, we started with a decent tempo. And then, yeah, whatever happened after that happened. But we'll come on to that in a bit, you know, in, in quite a bit of detail. But, like, I just think before the game, they got it spot on in terms of like all around the ground it just felt like we were back and don't get me wrong the weather didn't help like absolutely booking it down when I pulled yeah. up at 2 o'clock like it's probably the worst thing that could happen you know I spoke to someone out, outside from community trust and obviously they're having to put the inflatables down and stuff so they've, they've done like load of load of things like you'd expect them to do you know to kick off the season and it was just like the weather affected it but at least it felt like we've got a plan in place now on that front which is good to see um, but yeah, I just think there's a few positive steps. Whilst football was absolutely atrocious, <laughs> you've got to look at you've got to look for any sort of be- positive you can and benefit. Like so, yeah. So yeah, I think I think just anyone that was involved with that, obviously, quite heavy involvement from the community trust and mm. people at the club as well. So yeah, hats off because it 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 went some way to improving the match day atmosphere which is something that a lot of people have been critical of the club about. Obviously, the fan the fan zone has had its critics as well as a lot of people asking for one, but, you know, credit to the club, they've listened. Uh, Build it and they will come. Build it and they will come, like, yeah, you know, exactly. we said before, haven't we? Like, and I don't know I, what I it know. was like post-match, was it? Did you see it? Or? To be honest, mate, I didn't go post-match. Me and a couple of lads were going to go, but then the football that bad, like, we're going home. Just get off. <laughs> just want to get home. Just forget yeah. that yesterday actually happened. But um, no, it's, it's good. It's a good start in it. But it just came tumbling uh, down like, quite quickly, didn't it? After that, uh, God, you start. We started well, didn't we? I mean, that first five, ten minute, you know, quickly taking set piece for the goal. Um, if you look at it, we cause we sort of caught whole cold. Yeah. At that point, it's a cracking well, ball in by it's a cracking ball ball in by Barkey. Just before we get on to the actual football. Oh, go on. Um, I think there's some other issues as well that we need to raise. Uh, I think it'd be remiss of us if we didn't. Obviously, there was quite a few fans that didn't receive the season cards and had to print out paper tickets for the game. It's not. It's not great, is it? You know, they've had however long to prepare for that. I get it. I mean, it's outsourced, isn't it? That all the season card print. So, like, what? Could the club been more proactive if these guys have bought the season tickets in June or whatever? Then probably, yeah. But if they're going to do it in a batch, then yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs in, in terms of it because at the end of the day, I, I got mine. So my, yeah. <laughs> what, do, what do I say? I'm like, I, I wasn't one of the unfortunate ones that I had to print off or go into, this, go into the ticket office and get a ticket and stuff like that. So I was lucky that it didn't affect me. But, you know, I think one of the big things from reading on social media and like forums and stuff, if anyone did have a problem and emailed Hannah or a ticket office, it got resolved like that. It yeah. got resolved really quickly. It's not like they were waiting for days and days for an outcome. So you've sort of got to look, yeah, it's not great, but at least the club have done something to try and fix the issue as well. So like yeah, I don't yeah. think there'll have been no one who didn't get in due to the season card not arriving and whatnot. 
So I think as well there is reports of pies selling out on various different concourses or just one. Um, I know it happened on Invincibles. That I, don't, had, I don't know where, where to stand on that because... Well, but the, sorry, that's I don't outsourced. know where I stand on that because it is outsourced, but it, again, outsourced. It, all, it all ties into the match day experience, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's it's one of those things that you look at thinking, well, it's outsourced. Like, can we do it in house? Can we make you know all this profit they're making on a pie? I mean, what was pie yesterday? About three quid. Yeah, like, three quid, three fifty, something like that. Come on, you know you can go to Spa and Bound for about one pound twenty. So they're making an absolute shed load. Yeah, I know they've got staff costs and you know heating and electric and whatnot. But end of the day, like, could we not do that in house and take it uh, and North End make the profit off it instead? Same with kit. You know, it's like I bought my little girl a kit. It's not got a night night tick on it, so it's like it's the exact same, but it's just without without the night logo. I just think, like, it's just a bit of a shame. Like, you know, you in think, terms, you think they've been rushed in to get them in because of the amount. Of I don't know, no, because it's Avec, isn't it? It's Avec because obviously it's part of Just Sport Group, so they've. I don't think they'll do the actual shirt night themselves in that size. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they've had to make a replica. And that's probably why there's been a delay, but it's like, it's, you know, there's little things that just sort of like you look at and think, well, it's just a bit of a shame, really. You know, like mm. I'm paying what, just short of 30 quid for a shirt and shorts because you don't even get the socks to share. Oh, do you? And not? it's like, no, and like this, this is going to sound really like fussy of me, but like the shorts are just a pair of plain navy shorts. There's no logo on them or anything like that. It's no North End badge. So literally, I'm paying. You know, best part, nearly enough 30 quid for a shirt that's got North End badge and the sponsor on it. Yeah. And a bit of a pretty pattern on the, on the on the sleeves. You know, so it's just little things like that that you think, come on, you know, I know we're tied into this deal, but it's like, can we look at that going forward, potentially? That, you know, if, is it going to make us more money? I don't know. I don't know the figures, but like, if the retail staff are employed by Just Sport rather than the club, you know, you're talking what? two or three, maybe four full-time members of staff. So you're talking probably best part of hundred grand a year there anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then one, one thing from for me to mention is that when I turned up to my seat, I had a massive bloody scaffolding unit for a sky camera in the way, which meant I had to move away. Club, club got my email then. Why? What was your email? Well, I just make sure Jake can't see the game because he's can't oh, talk right. on it. Yeah, he, he doesn't talk. To be expected, to be fair. Actually, you know, you might as well have looked at that tarpaulin, mate. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully that's gone by the next time. It's for Skycam, but... isn't it? It's for Skycam. Yeah, but it was seat. never there. It would come and go as as and when the Sky cameras were coming and going as well. But you'd have thought that I'd have maybe got a mention saying, look, we've got this in place. It's a permanent fixture. Your season ticket is two seats away from it. So do you want to maybe consider getting a different ticket? I mean, if they come back to me and say, look, this is the case, then obviously I'll move, but it would have been nice to have a heads up and not just turn up on the first match of the season and be like, oh, shit, can't see anything. Nah, I think it was Jake Oates, and I thought, no, I'll just leave it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised if you were involved in that, but no, moving on. Sadly. Um, yeah, the, the actual football, it couldn't really have started much better. Obviously, like you said a couple of minutes ago, it was a bright opening 10 minutes or so. And... To be fair, the build-up to the goal is good. Obviously, Emil's involved in it. A little cushioned header back to Ryan Ludson. And then his run, I quite like his run, just hands off, hangs off the shoulder of the whole centre-half. I think Was it Alfie Jones, I think it was? Um, 
because the right back is it Louis Coyle who pushed obviously yeah. pushed quite high and then yeah just just kept himself on side and turned turn Barkey's cross into the back of the net and dream Good start. by Barkey it's great ball yeah, in brilliant. by Barkey but I suppose I sort of look back at it and reflect when I watched back the highlights this morning and stuff that it's probably the dream start but at that point it probably kicked all into life as well yeah because after that point there was only one team in it second half eh, first half seven that was them you know yeah. Hull were the better team after that point so we've had the opening what five or six minutes but you know I think the other thing you've got to mention is Dex injury because I think that this law is this law was always going to have a, an incident like this you know because obviously the liner only puts his flag up once the player becomes active I mean a collision like this is so easily preventable you know it's it's just so frustrating and it's frustrating that it's happened to us because you know Dex like waited so long for his chance you know after eight, his injury and everything months, isn't it? exactly after his injury and then he, you know this happens it's like I felt for him you know yeah, because same. like you know Dan's obviously only joined on what Thursday like he'll have had no match time, you know, no match preparations, no phase of plays or anything like that with the players. I, I you know, if anything has changed from last season, which to be fair, it looks like it has. Um so he you know, he's sort of a bit of a lamb to the slaughter at that point because defensively we were shite yesterday. We were so bad. So like and losing your keeper that's done all your like your set plays and everything during the week, it, it, it's just like and, and credit sort of to him snowball as well. To, to Dak. So he, he had a good pre-season. Yeah, he kept in that game at Accrington, didn't he? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he probably deserves his chance, but, you know, these things happen. When he looks out, he looks out, in it? And, yeah, um, it, it's concussion, in it? So, what? It's a week it, out, at least. Yeah, I thought it was 14 days. Mm, not sure. Either way, it's, it's, another, it's at least another week out. Yeah. It, You'd imagine he probably wouldn't have played in the Mansfield game anyway, but he's almost certainly not playing in the Reading game. I'd agree with that. Depending so, on, obviously, the outcome of the tests and whatnot. Yeah. So, just got to wait and see on that. But I just think we were stretched just from that point onwards. You know, the way that we set up in terms of shape, as soon as we... I think Frankie mentioned it post-match as well, but as soon as we scored, like our wing-backs started sitting in deeper. We couldn't get out. Our midfield so narrow in terms of you've got Ledson and Whiteman at the base of the three. You know, Brown was just, uh, you know, all over the place in terms of position. So, like, you're so narrow. And then their full-backs, Emmanuel and Coyle, just pushed on and pushed on and pushed on. And, like, you know, you've got a great player in Keen Lewis Potter who causes no end of problems. Could it have been a penalty before? And probably not. It's a, it's a nudge from Brown. Probably not enough contact to be a penalty. I thought real time. I thought we got away with it, but I haven't seen the highlights. I don't think it is. No, I, it's it's quite close to us. And we thought no. And I think you see the players' reaction. Yeah, as well, like Story and uh, Whiteman. Like I think everyone knew it weren't a penalty. He's trying to buy it, but I think that was a warning sign at that point because he's picked a pocket and got into the box, and it's like, well, this guy's direct. This guy wants to get in positions. It's like we we needed to react better. But we just didn't, and like we could not live with him. And the goal's good, you know. It's a good three ball. Mm. Story hint, could do. Hint, hint Story could do better. No, he's nowhere near offside, Jake. He's nowhere near. It's like it's not even close. Like because Hughes was deep, Lindsay's deep, 
Like Lindsay's waving at like trying to say hello to Liner. It's like, come on, just concentrate on game. But watch it, the ball's still in play, and he's like got his arm up. It's like, just, you know, two of them. I think I think it was Hughes. Him as and well. Hughes because they've stepped, they've they've sunk deep, and it's a good ball. You know, Story's Story's missed the interception. Yeah, because I think Story could step across and, and potentially intercept. You know, I know it's in between him and Barky, but you've got to, and it's like it's a good finish. It's a good move. Like yeah. so. End of the day, if we're getting cut apart by good goals, then fair enough. But so, but it's preventable. That's the issue. Like it is preventable, and all four goals yesterday are preventable from our mm. point of view. Just, just on him though, Keen Lewis Potter. He's what twenty years old. I think he's got a good future ahead of him. Either I, I don't think he'll last the season there. No, he'll step up without a shadow of a doubt. He's someone that I know. Ollie's mentioned before I like, in terms of you've got to keep an eye on this kid because he's class you know and I think if he steps out of League One and he can perform like that in the Championship I know he's not, probably not up against much yesterday in terms of us because we were shocking and um, be interesting how he gets on like next 10-15 games because if he carries on that sort of form and a club will come knocking in January yeah definitely but I thought I thought we struggled with McGuinness to be honest uh, and and <laughs> McGuinness, like his movement was quality because he kept overrunning his runs. So, like, he'd, he'd, but he'd make Lindsay and Hughes just drop a little bit deeper to create space. So, he'd run th- past Lindsay and be in an offside position, but he'd make them drop back deeper. So, he's really clever in terms of his movement. And he's an Andy lad, isn't he? You know, he won quite a bit in the air. Yeah. He's a big lad, thought, isn't he? Yeah. International players off in Northern Ireland. Like, you could just tell he was decent. And I, I know his scoring record is not amazing. But as a focal point of your team and having Wilkes and Lewis Potter either side of him, I just thought they were decent yesterday, Hull. They're probably decent's probably the right word for them because there's better teams in the league. Yeah, you know, when you watch out. when you watch that Bournemouth West Brom game on Friday night, I was like The quality there is we, just... oh it's like it's compared to us, we're like Sunday League fodder. <laughs> and it, it we just looked absolute shite yesterday. And I don't I don't know what I can sort of Say that's a positive from the team performance because I don't really think there is much. The goal. Well, it's the it. only thing. It's the only thing we did. I think after half time, you know, we, we were crying out for half time. Yeah, it's a good job we got it when we did. Did you agree um, with the double change? So obviously, Sepp and uh, Potsy coming on for um, Greg and um, my mind's just gone blank. Potts. No, Potts and Sepp came on for Greg and. You really are having a bad day, aren't you? Emil Reese. Emil Reese, yeah. <laughs> I drank a lot last night. Because um, that was one of our questions. Like, did you think Emil deserved to get pulled at half time? And, yeah, well, <clears throat> we'll come on I to think, that in a bit more detail. Now's the time. Yeah. Now's the time. I think for me, I think it would crying out for uh, it would crying out to go forward at the back. So I got I got that sort of change. I didn't agree with the diamond. No. I did not agree with Diamond. I thought because that does it alleviates the problem because like th- their issue is how wide they were playing in terms of the fullbacks pushing on, and it just left Moncur and Smallwood loads of space in the middle of the park. And Do you I just think thought, Frankie's insistence on playing with two up top might bite him in the arse at some point? Obviously, it did yesterday. You know, when I went on the second tier pod, and they asked me like. If you could give some advice to Frankie, what would it be? I said, don't be stubborn. And, and if your two up top's not changing, go back to our usual shape that we've played for the past four years under Alex Neil and go back to 4 2 3 1. 
and it was crying out for it yesterday. Just get just get a bank of four at back. I, that was the right move in terms of putting set there as a right back. Story, Lindsay, Hughes or Greg, toss up between the two in it really. Yeah. Get that back of four, bank of four. Get your two holding midfielders in terms of Ledson and Whiteman in the pivot and then play from there, play with the other four, but just make sure we're solid and hard to break down because when you look at the goals we conceded in the second half, that's what we're not. And I know Barkley's had a couple of chances before they've scored. And it's a good save from Ingram on both occasions. But their second goal, if you watch it back, because Whiteman's on his own at the base of the pit, at base of the diamond in the field, he doesn't he can't commit to the ball because it leaves the other man free. Because yeah. there's only one. And if you look at Brown's position on he was Brown was on the left of the, of the diamond. He hasn't a clue what to do. Well, we had, like, we had eight play. I mean, obviously, it's unfortunate with the deflection and whatnot, but I think it's two just so poor in two. the build-up. No, it's not. I've watched it but, a handful of times. It goes from, through Brownie's legs, and then it comes off um, Lindsay. Lindsay and goes in. Because it looked from where... Because like, we were right behind, like, in front of it from where we sat in the yeah. middle. It looked swear there were two, but... Like, I even, I even a, slowed it down on YouTube. It could mean anything. It could, probably could be two deflections there still. Because um, it's huge, anyway. but um, I just think like, and that's the problem because where Whiteman is, he can't commit, he can't throw himself in front of it because he leaves the other man free, and yeah. that's the issue when you're playing with a diamond midfield because like you sort of go in for it because you've got them Potts, Evans, and Barkey as a three, yeah, pretty much, and the other three are just like they don't know where to be, like it just feels. Like playing a left centre midfielder, a defensive midfielder, and a right centre midfielder, it's like it just felt really undisciplined in terms of shape. And I just thought it's just not working this. Mm. And you know, you can look at us creating two chances, but I think we created the two chances by Barky being our spark all day and being the only player that I thought, you know what, he might create something here. Showed showed a lot of willing, didn't he? But he was the only player that he thought when it got to his feet, he thought he might do something. Yeah. And that's scary. That that's that's a worry more than anything, like because especially when he's played wing back and then up front. And I don't want to put too much of blame on the players because they've been pulled from pillar to post yesterday. Most of them have played in at least two different positions. Mm. I think Brown played three. It's like he's played as a, he's played as a centre midfielder with he's played as a ten. Then he's gone left centre midfield, and he, I think he ended the game as the in the base of the midfield. Yeah, when I DJ thought, came on. Yeah, I just thought, wow, it's just tinkering. Like, that was the exact, last... the exact phrase that came into my mind yesterday. It was just, it felt needlessly tinkering as well. But I think that's, this is no slight on Frankie, but I think when you've got a head coach who's never really been in charge tactically in a game in the championship, you know, the second tier in England, probably the seventh biggest league in Europe, and you're playing against decent opposition every week if you're not up to it tactically you'll get found out I was, I was gonna say do you think that yesterday was was the sign of a man who or a coaching staff I think it's maybe harsh to lay the blame solely at Frankie's door but the the whole coaching staff and and think that that's a group that is somewhat inexperienced when it comes to dealing with a game like that and trying to get something from it well, Steve Thompson's been there and done it, got plenty of t-shirts, and he, but he's never done it as a number one. Guy's only just stepped up this year. Mike Pollitt's been a keeper coach for what, about five or six years, if not a little bit longer. 
So he has got experience around him, but no one's been a number one. Mm. See, like, I don't want to talk about them lot down the road, but Critchley's got Stuart McCall in, you know, as, as his number two now. He had Colin Calderwood before that. Yeah. You know, managers that have been a number one at clubs, you know, and they know that the number two at the club, but at least he's got someone to lean on. Like, if he is not sure what to do next or like, you know, what is his tactic going to work? What do you think on this? Because at the minute I look at lads he's leaning on, it's like, well... Where's their experience? It, well, there's no experience in terms of management. There's no but, experience in terms of management. So like, what what's he meant to do? So I felt for him yesterday because I can't put all the blame at Frankie's door because... No. I look at and I can't put all the blame at the players' door. I think like the our playing squad's just not good enough. Like it isn't competitive at this level, no matter what people think. Like we are if this well, first we'll, six we'll, games, we'll come on these, to the, those comments in a little while. Yeah, um, but but Jake, the first six games, like, and we'll come on to the third and fourth goal in a sec. But the first six games are easier on paper than the next fifteen. It's like we can't go into September with like single figures on the board in terms of points because we're then in a real dog Trouble. fight. Yeah. We are, no, and we've got to wake up because like we're just sleepwalking into it at the minute because we haven't enough quality in the squad. We've got a top heavy squad in terms of numbers that's just not up to it, unfortunately. Third or fourth call is terrible by the way, mate. I can't get oh mate. Yeah. Story I just, just I mean that, that third goal, story looks like he's left it thinking that it's just going straight through to the keeper. And Liam Lindsay's shown the mobility of a geriatric. Like the way that Josh McGuinness has just ghosted between the both of them to just poke it in at the near post. Why story not cleared it? Yeah, you know, or gone to clear it. And why is Lindsay just let him like have the freedom? Because the keeper's not shouted, has he? I don't. Well, I don't. But that's the issue when you've got a keeper in 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 net that's not been with you all preseason. Yeah, I just um, yeah. It was a, it was a shocking goal to concede, you know. It's a, it's another assist for Lewis Potter, isn't it? Or was it um, Louis Coyle that put the ball in? I forgot. No, I think it was Lewis Potter. Yeah, Potter. Louis, I, Louis I Coyle was there. playing on the right, wasn't he? Yes, of course. Okay, Josh Emmanuel from, on the left. Ball Sorry. came in from the left, um, and then obviously the fourth one. I think there's a lot of similarities in that than to what we've seen over the past. 18 months with goals that we've conceded from like the second phase of set play because Iverson punches the ball away it lands at Louis Coyle's feet and again we've got something like 7 or 8 players behind the ball, there's no one putting him under pressure and it's a simple pass that obviously Tommy used back heels and Andy Cannon's just in the box unmarked and but they again, probably gets lucky with the deflection but they stop, Jay. No, no. You know, Ledson, Brown, and Potts take no responsibility for that goal. They just stop, and it's like Cannon just walks into the area. It's like he's unmarked. He's like, you know, I know it takes another little deflection and stuff, but come on, you know, something I didn't mention on the third goal. If you watch it back, watch on the whole city highlights. Watch Ledson and DJ's reaction to the goal. Just literally throw their arms up in the air, like, what is going on? You know, and I just think it's really poor. If it was a goal, that fourth. I think that just rounds a part day. Summed um, it up, didn't it? Welcome back to deep now. <laughs> <laughs> but we said it 3-1. It's like, God, we've just... We, last game we saw was a 3-1 defeat. And we, we were saying something like, I sit with, like, another 3-1 defeat. You're kidding me. Like, after mm. going one after going one up as well, exactly the same as QPR game. 
And you're thinking, oh, and it just got worse. I think that that was it was a bad day at the office. You can't say anything else, can you? Really? I know. I sound. I know this is going to sound really depressing as a podcast, but we have got so much work to do. We have, and uh, I think we'll call that part one, mate, because part two is going to be a bit of a monster. I have a feeling. Sound. Hopefully not as long as last week, but yeah. Um, I'll go and get a brew and I'll see you in part two, pal. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. In this part, we'll answer a few listener questions and then Jim and I will finish finish off by looking ahead to the Mansfield and Reading game. Yeah, I think we touched on this question in part one but didn't actually answer it. So, um, yeah, the first question that we've got is, do you think Emil Reese was unfairly brought off at half-time? Um... My question is, do you think he did much apart from the goal? So I don't think he did. I thought no, he's. I don't think he did either. I don't. I thought. I thought he, he seems to lack a bit of confidence. I think everything that went through Ched in terms of the forward line. I did think Ched was a massive the one gap. Off. Yeah, because he was struggling. I thought yeah. I had to give him moving right. There was a um, point in that first half. I was watching him running through the centre circle, and he was like, "You know, when you've got when you've like hurt one foot or one leg, and you do like mm-hmm. a little skip." He was doing that through the centre circle, I thought. Mm. There was sort of during the week that he might have tweaked his hammy, but yeah. I was like, when you looked at him running, I thought, he ain't moving right. Mm. But, yeah. Um, I get why he did it, in terms of bringing him east off and went with Barky, because Barky's more direct, and obviously, he's more accustomed to the level, you know, in terms of his goal output. You know, he's he, he's good Barky. Like, people, people slate him like, but, We'd be in such a mess without him. In terms of like you've got a player who's only missed fourteen games in the past four seasons. Like and he's yesterday he was the only he's the only player I thought that could potentially like create something or even get on the end of anything really. I know he's missed a couple of chance he's missed that chance where he's one on one. Where he's he's gambled and it's come off for him. Do you think like, um just watching the replay on that earlier, he's he was appealing for a penalty after I think there was anything in that. No. Not for me. He's got a shot away, like, you know, he's not... I don't think it's a pen, personally. But Reese, it's one of them with him, like, I want him to do well this season. I'm, you know, we've paid good money for him. Yeah. There's clearly something there. But his confidence just seems shot. Even when he scored, like, what his celebration, it's like he... It's just something missing. Yeah, almost like what, honestly, you watch the celebration back. Yeah, just watch the celebration back. I saw something not right there. Yeah, he scored his first goal like in front of fans. You know, in front of like proper paying punters at deep down. Become ballistic, and he just felt like it was like ah, uh, yeah, I've scored. Like, like kind of just, a run of the mill celebration, wasn't it? Quite placid, mm. but maybe that's just what he's like as a lad. Like I don't know, yeah. but. 
I just thought it was quite a a tame celebration when you got Ledson like sprinting from the halfway line, like going ballistic, and you've got Reese just quite mellow. I thought that was a bit odd, but um, I get why he pulled him. But um, I don't think any of us can really complain. Like he could have took four or five of them off at half time yesterday. I don't think anyone would have complained. Yeah, I think like you say, it could have been a handful of them, couldn't it? Do you think? Um... Do you think DJ should have come on a bit sooner? He's only been with players for like three or four days, hasn't he? He's mm. not been there long. Um, don't, I don't know, to be fair. I don't think well, he really did much when he came on either. I, he didn't really touch much, I didn't think he really did much when he came on, to be fair, DJ. Yeah, so the second question that I've got is, do you think DJ's second half performance warrants a start for him against Mansfield already? Now, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start against Mansfield just as part of his build-up of minutes and fitness. But Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Um, touch ball 18 times, which is more than Reese did yesterday, DJ, even though he's only on pitch like 21 minutes. I think he needs to play like against Mansfield because yeah. he's going to be a full rotation job. I think, I think it's going to be 11 changes because at the end of the day, like, where's the cup in terms of our priorities? very far down the pecking order to be fair survival in this league especially this season survival in league is the most important thing like let's not be around the bush yeah so yeah I, I can just see him changing the full team yeah no I don't think you'll be far wrong there to be fair a couple of the young lads given a few minutes maybe Lewis Lee or Joe Rodwell Grant because I know um, is it Shawnee Maguire Scott Sinclair and Who's the third one? There's Tom Bayless. Tom Bayless are all isolating, aren't they? Yeah, but don't know how long, how long for. <clears throat> don't know when well, they're pinged. Yeah, true. True. Could, be, um, could, have been, could have been like five or six days ago. That might be might be available for Tuesday. I think they'll only know in presser tomorrow in yeah. terms of if they're going to be there or not. But it's like, you look at players missing like Josh Earl, not in the 18. Adam O'Reilly, obviously injured. It's like there's quite a few players that could come in quite easily, and they're like, you know, Lewis Lee. In, I, was, I was shocked to see him on bench. Guy he was weeks away in terms of fitness, yeah, like same. in terms of match fitness. But I think needs most really because who else did we have yesterday? We didn't really have anyone. Surprised to see Pat on the bench as well. To be fair, no, been... no other defenders. Who, who else do you put there if, if Josh Hill didn't make mm. the team? True, I got told he was two three months away from being anywhere near ready. It could be, but but it could be. That's the thing. Like it could be two or three months away from match fitness and matters to play in the central league and stuff. But I think needs must, isn't it? Like because yeah. you don't want to be going to a game with like half a bench or a bench full of kids. Because what's the point? It's not the right environment to blood them in, especially when you're getting absolutely tonked at home. Yeah. Um, so third third question then. Um, do you think Barky's comments yesterday will spark something, whether that be good or bad? Hopefully for the good. Peter Insdale and Trevor Hemmings de- desperately need to wake up. Also, Peter's comments are scary. Which which comments? Um, assuming the twenty the twenty goal a season one that came out today. The person's referring to his comments in well his his chat with the media and the press earlier in the week. I think we all can see that like this squad isn't good enough at this level. Like no. at the minute. Needs needs some sort of improvement. Um, I know there's, we probably need to get outs before ins, which doesn't help us. 
because obviously the budget and FFP are tight. I, I get it, get it from that perspective completely. But like at the minute, we're so short. Like, and I think which is scary because we've got a squad. If you include the ten youngsters, we've got a squad of like thirty-seven. But it's like we said last week, Jay. You know, I got called negative about last week, or oh, I forgot what the word someone used. But I'm like, it's just a bit of perspective. Like, you know, we were all right in eight dead rubbers at the end of last season, and it got Frankie the job because like, and he deserved it at that point. But just mass. That's the exactly problem. what they were though, dead rubbers. Yeah, but it just masked the problem though mm. in terms of like how what our playing squad was like. Because yeah, we've got a few good players, but. A few good players at this level, like, doesn't mean you you stay clear of trouble. Um, well, my idea of a transfer window is that you strengthen heading into the new season, and that and that your squad or you're playing, uh, sorry, your starting eleven looks different to how you ended the previous season, and this doesn't. Granted, bit bit unfortunate. Obviously, we signed two players, two new players in Izzy Brown and. Matthew Waller Sunday, who are both injured, um, but it's just, it's just flat. I think, but it's like uh, yesterday's performance doesn't help that either, you know, because Pete, it came home to roost yesterday. It was a massive reality check for a lot of people that, you know, we aren't as good as people think. You know, people who thought we were going to be top six are absolutely deluded because, like, you look at West Brom, Bournemouth. I know Sheffield United got beat yesterday, but look at the talent in their squads, and it's mate, it's a mile away from what we are, an absolute country mile. Fulham, so another one. Oh, mate, he, he don't, even go, there. don't even go there. I right, twelve million quid on Harry Wilson. Come on, we'd be looking to get twelve million quid for our squad. <laughs> so, but that's where we're at, though, as a club, Jay. You know what I mean? It's like it's just really frustrating, but. I, I think, think from, from my point of, of view, to answer the question, I don't think Barky's comments will spark anything. You know, we've been here before, haven't we? How many how many years have me and you been supporting North End? 20, 25 years? Yeah. And we've seen it in the past. Nothing changes. Players that, speak but... out, managers speak out, and ultimately they end up leaving. Barky's been so honest in the press. If we get tonked, you can guarantee it's Barky or Brownie that will get put in front of the press. Yeah. Because the the honest as the day is long, and I, I admire that in them. You know, Barky will say things yesterday that will not be well received, to say the least, because he's said a few untruths. Like, and got to remember, this is a guy that's out of contract in what ten months' time. Yeah. You know, he's practically. You know, do the clubs? I know of at least one club sniffing at him already. From speaking to one at another club, yeah. right? and they're monitoring the situation because they see him out of contract. A club that generally recruits well as well, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. So it's like you you hear that clubs are sniffing around our players and they're going out of contract. And it's like, well, are we just waiting for a bid to come in and get rid of him? Because that's how to it re- feels. To replace Tom Barcuzin, right? You're going to be paying more than you're going to receive, without no, a shadow no. of a doubt. You're going to be you're probably going to be paying more than what you consider. North End to pay a million plus at least yeah. a pacey player at this level that's scored goals in every every season he's played rarely misses play, games fit like versatile can play in a number of different positions it's like for a lot of clubs that's a dream yeah you know because like if he goes to another championship club and can play wing back and can play right midfield he can play as a part of a three up front he can play as a nine can play an either wing got a long throw 
like look at his attributes and you think, God, you know, you've got a right player there. And like, you look at our time under, under Simon Grayson and Alex Neal and he's always been a part of those teams. Mm. It's, not, it's not like he, he misses games. Like, so, yeah, we've got to keep hold of him by hook or by crook, unfortunately. But like, with his comments yesterday, I do feel that maybe he knows the writing's on the wall. I don't. That's how it sort of felt. It's like, well, yeah. I'm going to say it anyway. Um, will anything change? I don't think it will. You know, look how long it took us to get a fan zone. Sucker's what, best part of four years? Yeah. So, you know, it was going to go in the old legends or, the, you know, the old offices, the old club shop. I mean, that club shop has been, before it got knocked down, had been empty since, what, about 2017, 2018? Yeah. So, like, and it's only a pub. It's a, it's a tent with some beer in it and some sofas and a band. It's like, it took us best part of four years to get that. So, I don't think... I speak to someone yesterday and I said baby steps because that's literally how it's going to be in terms of change happening at the club. And I, I don't see like a massive change in philosophy at any time soon, unfortunately. And I, I fear it's going to bite us really badly on the arse if we don't if we don't start booking our ideas up because we can't keep relying on this this squad to go again. Well, the squad's it, been stripped bare, hasn't it? You know, you but look at it's been here too long, Jay. It's been here, it's it like, has, at, but equally, it's been it, it, it's been stripped bare completely because of the players that we've lost, whether they're lone players or permanent, they just haven't been replaced with adequate quality at all. But you replaced Greg with Greg, yeah. <laughs> it's like, but people, I think Peter mentioned about the Jordan Hugel and that we've had six strikers, is it in the door since then? Louis Martin. Louis Malt, uh, David Nugent, Emil, Chad Scott Sinclair. I know Chad was warm. Yeah. So it's like, I'm pretty sure he said six. But I like, think he did, yeah. But I think there's a couple of, Sean Maguire, there's a couple yeah. of players that you can probably say, well, they're not an out and out striker, but they, they, they play there. But it's all well and good saying we've signed six strikers since we sold Jordan Hugill, but if none of them are good enough, then you can sign 10 or 20. It doesn't matter. If you go out and sign the one that you know is good enough, i.e. someone like Kiefer Moore. Kiefer Moore. Yeah, I was just about to say Kiefer Moore. You know, you sign one and, and you don't need to sign six. Maybe sign another one on top of that. But the money you know, the money that we've spent on six there could have just been spent on Kiefer Moore. Yeah. I know Peter came out and said, obviously, there's this thing that's been released on Lancaster about 20 goal season striker. No that... one's asking for that. I know, I know, I was going to answer that, but in the last six years in the Championship, only 25 players have scored 20 goals since we've returned to level. And I looked through I think the list. There was one season, wasn't there, where there was a disproportionate eight. number? There's, yeah, there's nine, there was nine in 2018 19, but look through the list of players in that, and it's littered, it's littered with quality. Timu Puki, back in the Premier League now. Neil Mopai, playing for Brighton in the Premier League now, playing for Brentford at the time. Tammy Abraham, Chelsea. Yeah, I was going to say Tammy. Billy, Billy Sharp, obviously, done it for the past, what, two years in the Premier League before dropping back down to this level. And he's, what, 35 now? So, and he got 23 for Sheffield United that season when they finished second. Dwight Gale, Jay Rodriguez, Che, Ad che Adams, Jared Bowen, Ollie McBurney. So, I think there's only Ollie McBurney that's back at this level alongside Billy Sharp. his face as well, Andre Gray. They, that was 2015-16. Um, that's the first year back at this level. Andre Gray, Ross McCormack and Abel Hernandez at Hull. 
they were I the three that season. Bloody hell. Um, year after, Chris Wood, obviously playing for Burnley week in, week yeah. out now. Tammy again, Dwight Gale, Glenn Murray. The year after, Matty Vidra, Lewis Graben. Lewis Graben's on this twice because he's come back in it two seasons, go for Forest. Ollie Watkins, obviously bagging him in for, for Villa now. Mitrovic, obviously, Championship. Yeah, knows about Mitro, yeah. don't they? And then last season, Tony, Armstrong, Pookie and more. My, I looked, I looked through the list. I'm like, every single one of them players is either comes to an, a Premier League academy and is on loan, or they've recruited well. You know, Pookie, yeah. Mapai, Mapai's Brentford, obviously their model. Um, Rodriguez and Gale were costing absolute arm and a leg for West Brom that season when they finished fourth. Che Adams obviously got sold for big money that season from Birmingham. Academy player, wasn't he? Yeah, Jared Bowen. Ollie McBurney. Ollie McBurney was at Swansea Academy, been sold. So, like, this 20 goal a season striker simply is not out there, I don't think, unless you get A, very lucky with a transfer, or you get someone on loan for the season. Because yeah. I think a loan signing is what teams probably rely on, you know, like a Rian Brewster, or, you know, look at how much Bournemouth paid for Solanke, you know, and he, he got what million, back. was it? Something daft, and like I think he only got seventeen or eighteen last season. Yeah. So I'd rather our midfield. I think I've said this before. Like I'd rather my midfielders chip in with like five or six each, and you've got someone who can get sort of ten, twelve goals up front, and you'll be fine. Well, you we've know, had that, uh, didn't we? When um, when we finished seventh, we had Alan Brown and Callum Robinson both on twelve or thirteen each. Then um, I think DJ got six or seven. I think Galley had four or five. Yeah, you know, and but that's it. There, your goals are spread around the team, and that's what you need. Like, if we're going to be looking for twenty goal a season striker with our service and our creativity, we need to think again because it's just not going to happen. Because you know, we could have Pelé in his prime up front at the minute, but at the end of the day, if the service isn't coming to him, then what's the point? You know, he can't do it all himself. Yeah, yeah, it's daft, isn't it? Really, um, I think. I think it was Ollie Dawes yesterday on his uh, Deep Dell Digest account was, was bang on when he said, I think if anyone thinks that we this squad's just a striker short, then they need to think again, or words to that effect. It's not wrong. So, yeah, we wait and see. Yeah, uh, last one then, mate. And this is, uh, I should have put who the other ones are from, so I apologise if you're listening and I've not said, but this one's from uh, from Ollie, and he's asked, how can a football club assemble 30-plus players and the head coach not trust any of them enough to play a back four? Mm. I think the, the, the starting issue with that is that Frankie, since he's been here, has played a back five. You know, and he, he's been quite rigid in terms of that all the way through pre-season. I think we played a back five. Might have played a four diamond two against Wigan, potentially. Um, but we've pretty much been back five since he started and his recruitment's been tiered up for that as well. So like Liam Lindsay to be the central part of that back three. You know, I think everyone's got their own opinion on him, but I I just thought back yesterday our back three. You can tell there's something riding on games again, if that makes sense, because like we just got up to the cleaners at the back. Felt for set when he came on because he had his hands full with, with Lewis Potter. They looked nervous at times, didn't they? I think the whole team did. Yeah. 
you know, Ben Whiteman came in for a bit of criticism from some fans yesterday, but I thought Ben was the only player that got his foot on the ball and tried to keep us ticking over, a bit mm. like Pearson he, used to do. I know kept he did looking, that. Kept looking forward with his passes, didn't he? I know he's done that thing after the corner where he's literally looked for touch because there's nothing up front. I thought, is that. That, it can't be tactical that must be a player's decision to just try and knock it as long as they can to try and get back up the pitch but but what else is he supposed to do in that situation <sighs> we've got 11 men behind the ball again you know let's, think... let's see how long Frankie can continue doing that before people start giving him grief for it because I, I think at 3-1 we had, they had a corner and Barker wanted to stay up and he got told to go back Yeah, that says it all we're 3-1 down and like Barky's going back and he's come on like it's just, it's just so no, like low risk in terms of playing, one, one. playing structures. It's just, it's just so boring to watch. Like that was the thing yesterday. Like, just felt like we had no pattern to play or anything. It's just like, it's just, yeah, it's just shit. I can't. I'm really flat today because I just thought it's yesterday. Like, it was exactly as bad as it could have been for us. And yeah. it, it was as bad as I thought it could be. Like you know, in terms of like worst case scenario, that I think was it. We, we'd all said, didn't we, on on the pod last week that it was going, it wasn't going to be great. But I think we all sort of possibly thought, tried to remain on the positive a bit. And and you know, me, I can't remember what George's prediction was, but yeah, I know you and I both punted for draws. Um, thinking, I thought I thought defensively would be better than what we were, Jay. Oh, mm-hmm. right. To give away goals like we did yesterday. You can't do that when in, in competitively like the championship is. You're just gonna create problems for yourself. So and where for you then? Where does where does the blame lie that we've assembled a squad of thirty plus and the I think head everyone's, coach doesn't trust them to play a back everyone, four? Everyone's got to take responsibility for it. You, you know the recruitment we've we've done as a club. The co- the coach has got to take responsibility for it because he's got players there that. It, clearly didn't really feel comfortable playing that system or when we went to back four I think that's what he's you know that's what we've done for so long it's like but we've just not coached it they've not been coached in that way since Alex left in March Um, I think the players have to take their own part of responsibility as well for not stepping up to the plate you know because when you've if you have a competitive squad everyone's looking over the shoulder thinking all right, you know Player X is going to take my place if I don't perform today. I look at our squad and think, people are safe. You know, there's no no competition for places because outside that first 11, you know, you've probably got a couple of subs in terms of like DJ yesterday. Maguire, maybe. Scott Sinclair, Scott, maybe. Scott Sinclair, maybe. I, after that, I'm looking at the squad and thinking, not really got much. Pat, no, no one's, maybe no when one's, he's fit. But he's not fit. So, like, the back three are so safe. You know, Sepp will start next week. I've no shadow of a doubt about that now. Um, and it won't shock me if it's for, for story. You know, and he'll go back to his back three. But he will come on to end in a bit. But they play a 4 2 3 one. I'd just match them up. I'd yeah. go back to our, our, our shape that's tried and tested. Play DJ just behind Evans. You know, DJ's good in that role. Like, because he's step on and make it a two when we're without you know, when we're pressing. Because that's what we didn't do yesterday. We didn't press them at all. It's like, you just, Hull, come to Deepdale. They've literally been given the keys, said, do what you want, 
Make yourself at home. Yeah, yeah, make yourself at home. Make yourself a cup of tea. You know, go and enjoy the fan zone. And, you know, it, there's the three points. See you later. It's like, they've not... <laughs> Have a safe trip home, lads. Yeah. So, like, they've been cuddled whilst they've yeah. been here yesterday. It's like, they've not had to come here and work their bollocks and off. Work for it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if a team comes here, grafts the nuts off, plays well, plays us off the park, when, and we've put plenty of effort in and maybe been missing, like, the final touch and stuff like that, I can sort of accept it to a, to a way, but yeah. when I look back at that fourth goal and you've got people just standing around... It's shy, you know, isn't it? Oh, it's just Sorry, so frustrating. I've first time, but... No, it, I've swore a few times tonight, but, mate, oh. but I think it's fully it's fully needed because yesterday was that shit. We so, can't dress it up. Last question from me, then, um, and this is one that's just come to me. I've seen a few people online saying, I can't lie any blame at Frankie's door. Where do you stand on that? Because I think I think I think he he has to be able to take some of the blame. He's set the team up. It's collective responsibility. Of course it is, but I think to say that the manager's faultless is is incorrect. Head coach. Well, head um, coach potato potato. I, yeah, I had to correct people on that. So he's not a manager. He's head coach because managers manage. Head coach yeah. is coach. Um, everyone has to take responsibility. Players, head coach. Now, everybody, it's it's not just all at Frankie's door because the players he's got at his disposal probably aren't up to the level in some instances. He's got no squad depth. Well, the squad, and that, the squad that falls on the recruitment team. Well, it, I, well, it does. I agree it's to an extent. As that. I agree to an extent it does, yeah, but it also comes back to the owner and if he if he's not... If he says like this is your budget and this is this is it, I'm not. We're not funding anything else. Then, like, there's only one place that it's going to end, and it's going to it's going to be in tears. Like, yeah. we've we need to get some off the books. You know, we've got too many players on decent contracts that aren't good enough for this level. They're just coasting. Yeah, so it's like, well, we've got to look back if that makes sense. You know, what what did we do two years ago that has led to this situation? You know, because it's. It's been a continuation, if that makes sense. It, you know, yeah, this isn't a shock to anybody. You know, it shouldn't be a shock to anybody that where we're at now, because if you stand still as a football club, you go backwards. Yeah. I mean, I've used that phrase before, and and people are probably thinking he's just churning out the same phrases, but it's true. Like we've we've stood still and thought we might get freebies this summer. We might get players in because everybody's in a mess financially, but realistically. There isn't that many clubs in that big of a mess anymore because everyone sort of used the, the schemes that are available to them and they've got out of it. You know, there's going to be clubs like Derby who are absolutely up shit creek. You know, Reading who can't bring anybody in because they've completely smashed FFP. And it's like, well, now you're going to pay the price for it. Yeah. So they've got 17 senior pros on the books. Christ, I'd love us to have about 18 and 19 senior pros because it means you could bring players in alone, but we've got too many. Yeah. We've already up to what twenty seven. It's like you know, twenty seven senior pros. Like earning decent wedge. No wonder we've got the biggest wage bill we've ever had. Mm. It's not a surprise, is it, when you when you break things down and you look into why we are where we are, it's not a surprise. But it's it's it shouldn't be a shock. This this isn't this ha- hasn't happened overnight. This is an accumulation of the past two, maybe three years. You know, and it's this is going to get me into a lot of trouble on the podcast, so I'm sorry, but you know, everyone pointed the finger at Alex Neal. Alex Neal, when you look at his comments in, in the last 12 months of his tenure, when he was frustrated like mad, 
about not getting players in and you know wanting to improve the squad, he could see what was happening because we weren't getting in the talent. Yeah, you know, we're, he's not we're, stupid, is he? We're spunking money on Trevor Bayliss, you know, who's hardly kicked a ball. <laughs> and it's like, you know, what we're we doing? That money could have been so better placed in, in other areas of the squad for not a central midfielder that was like, oh, he might be one for the future, but he might not be one for the future. We, we can't afford the way he's been in pre-season, he certainly won't be one for the future. He's probably but, one of the most disappointing <laughs> players I've seen this pre-season. He should be a player that's knocking the door down to play. But and if the two if, times that I saw him, he was he was just he was, the game just passed him by. You've got to earn the right to play. And this has been my you know, this has been an issue with a lot of players in our squad. You know, it's like when last season, why is Josh Harrop not playing? You know, well manager sees you know, Alex Neal saw him every day in training. He clearly missed there was something missing. Yeah. You know, it must have been the same with Bayless. Like we've got these players that we've paid good money for and they're on good contracts that are just nowhere near. They're nowhere near. And it's like, I know last season, come January, we utilised the loan market for the first time in a long, a long time. time. yeah. And, but that hopefully, you know, touch wood, that that'll come to fruition over the next few weeks. Now, Premier League clubs are coming back, you know, St. Anthony Gordon got minutes at Old Trafford yeah. past 24 hours. You know, so, there's going to be players that come available. I'm not saying Anthony Gordon because he didn't exactly set the world on fire when he was here. And I don't think he fits into Frankie McAvoy's system. But if a striker comes available or, a, or another good centre-half or a centre midfielder like, a, I don't know, Cole Palmer or um, Tommy Doyle, that sort of level of player at, at City, I, I don't be wrong, I don't think we have any chance of getting those two players because they're, they're a level above. And if we did get them, it'd be like a McGeady signing because they're that good. Yeah. I, you know, then that's when hopefully we might be able to take advantage. But the minute I look at squad and think, we're well short. Like, and I think this coming week is going to be a big test for us. Bang in trouble already? Only after one game, but I was nervous going into the season. It's done nothing for, you know, to ease my nerves. I think the first six games are, are where it's at. You know, we've lost the first one heavily. I think on paper, you couldn't really have asked for an easier opening to a season, could you? I, I don't think you could have, Jake. I, 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 I said it. Anyway. Mate, I said it. I was like, you know, Huddersfield away. Like, you know, one of the favourites to go down. Reading away. They're in absolute dire straits. Peterborough have just come Peterborough. up. Hull have just come up. Swansea having a pot to piss in. You know, it's like those six games thinking, God, in Bristol City as well, like, Conceded late again yesterday to them lot, but it's like them first six games. I thought we've got to be taking at least ten points because if you don't take ten points from them, you look at the games afterwards when you're playing the likes of West Brom and Stoke and Birmingham. Sheffield you know United. teams that Sheffield United QPR. teams. QPR will fly this year. Well, I think they will anyway. I nearly said hopefully them, but because I've got a bet on them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, yeah. I don't see us taking any points from them at the minute, the way the way we played yesterday and the way we played in pre-season and the way mm. we played at the end of last season. It's just very pragmatic. It's very rigid and it's just like, mm, yeah, this isn't going to be pretty. It doesn't inspire much, does it? So I've got a fan zone. It's fine. <laughs> so I don't know if, um, if it was put into one of our chats or if I saw it on Twitter, but someone said uh, yesterday, why didn't the fan zone get 10? 
Oh no, it was on it was on Twitter that I seen someone put. It. <laughs> Made me chuckle. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I'm glad the fan zone's there. I know I'm taking the piss yeah. a little bit, but I am glad it's there. Same. It's about time. But we seriously need to improve on the play in front of it as well. Because it's all well and good in a fan zone, but it'd be empty come March if we carry on playing like we did yesterday. Mansfield then, Tuesday night, we've both got a, a long drive ahead of us for that one. Yeah. It's, it's my first game that I'm covering for work, something that I've worked hard to get to. It's only taken me nearly 11 years, but I'm here now. So, yeah, looking forward to that. That balls it up. Um, <laughs> if anyone's going to, mate, it'll probably be me. Well, I wasn't going to say that, but... Yeah, it's a tick. I tell you what, Mansfield, it's a funny one. I, I don't know if people might remember this, but about 2004, 2005, I played in Carling Cup, Carabao Cup, whatever it was called back then. And the game on the Tuesday got called off because of a fire. Don't, people might remember it, might not. But I remember going to the Tuesday night game. Anyway, it got scheduled for the day after and I couldn't get it off. Work like, so I missed it. So it's a tick Fine, for me this on Tuesday. Finally getting a tick. Finally getting a tick. Oh, so what a dream, what a dream of. But, um, Got Nigel Clough in charge, haven't they? Obviously won won their opening game yesterday, two one against uh, Bristol Rovers, who are another club that are in all sorts of. Well, they just got relegated, aren't they? Bristol Rovers under Jerry Barton. Paul Coots got sent off yesterday, and I, I mean, how's your look? Mansfield scoring the ninety sixth minute. You know, it's when he looks out for Joey, it's, it's out, isn't it? But yeah. four four diamonds too in terms of shape. Um, been like that since since March. When when you look at their their form since they changed to four diamonds, five wins, five draws, and two defeats, so quite hard to beat. I think four clean Na- sheets. Nigel Clough's known games. for that, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's setting teams up to to be difficult to break down and difficult to defeat. Um, and with how we've been recently, you know, it's going to come down to how creative we can be. I think, and can oh, we penetrate? Yeah, they're good from set pieces when you look back at their goals, what they scored back in the last season. Um, Average age, like 28, I think he had, yes, 28 and a half, which is one of the oldest t- teams in League Two. So he's got a bit of experience there. I think James yeah. Perch, um, quite a few. When you look at the team, it's like it's got ex sort of championship players there playing at playing League Two level. Yeah, and League Two's ugly as hell, isn't it, really? I mean, yeah. there's no real footballing team in League Two. So I expect a tough game. Um, especially it'll probably match them up four diamond two against against each other but then it's who do you put in your diamond you know because I didn't like it yesterday I'm not a fan of it I, you know in brutal honesty um, I just think it means you're so narrow as a team that if you've got a team that's quite expansive at fullback and got two quick fullbacks it means you you really suspect you suspect and like if you've got you, you're too up front this is going to sound really daft but if they play wide and you, you're 10 sorts of sits in like a false nine roll you, you get sort of found out quite quickly because it pins you back as a back four because none of you neither of your full backs can go because they're, they're basically their front three is on you so it pins you back yeah. and I don't see our front three if you include the 10 and the two, two nines to, to really force you any team back at the minute because it seems that we just sink in, yeah. especially looking at yesterday. So I think it'll be an interesting game. I'm hoping we win because I wouldn't mind like a decent draw in round two. Um, another two would be nice, sort of an arty pool or something like that. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, Prem, yeah. Prem teams come in in round three, don't they? Um, half coming in round two. Anyone that's not in Europe comes in in round two. 
Yeah. So sounds like we'll get Burnley away again or Newcastle away somewhere like that. Just, uh, not um, not hey, Newcastle on a Tuesday night. What's your prediction then? Yeah, anything, mate. I'm going to say 1-0 North End, but I'd be shocked if we keep a clean sheet after yesterday. But hopefully, like, they work on stuff tomorrow. The, the good thing about the goals we can see is there's faults, there's so many faults in them that it's like, and it's a lot of individual errors. So you yeah. can sort of pinpoint, like, different things. But I think the second goal is a tactical problem. So that's that's an issue. I, I'm going to go 1-0 North End, but it, it wouldn't shock me if it's... A draw after ninety, and we get knocked out on penalties because it'd just be our luck, wouldn't it? And then yeah, Mansfield. I was, was going to Man- say two-two, and then pens. Mm. Mansfield will pull Barrow out away in the second round. It'll <laughs> piss me off. <laughs> yeah, it'd be sods all that'll go to penalties on the night that it's a, a relatively long drive back. Two twenty in it. Yeah, two two and a half, something like that. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. It's um, it's settled in ninety. Reading then, obviously, lost the season opener against Stoke. I think they're in a very tricky situation financially. Um, they've broken the profit and sustainability rules. Um, spent about one hundred and seventy million between twenty seventeen and twenty twenty, and gone pretty much nowhere for that. Yeah, first line I've got on my notes, mate, is in a mess. <laughs> in a right mess and um, I think you know you look at the squad they only named four outfield subs yesterday at Stoke you know, that's how much of a mess they're in you know they've only got 17 senior pros um, there's a lad called Ethan Bristow who's only 19 he played 90 minutes yesterday on his full debut so might be an interesting one to watch um, left footed attacking midfielder um, Ajari missed the game through a knock Swift, John Swift's gone off with cramp. John Swift's always a pain in the ass when we play him. Yeah. So, you know, he puts one in from 25 yards or something like that. Um, obviously, they've still got Lucas Jow up front. He came off for, is it, at Puskas, whatever he's called? Yeah, George Puskas. That, that they paid good money for. That's five million, was it? Six million, something like that. Yeah, daft, mate. But four-two-three, one in terms of tactical shape. I'd... Do you reckon Ajari will make week and they're not sure on Swift? So we'll wait and see on that. But the form's awful. Yeah. One one win in the last twelve, in, including back in the last season. So if you remember, like they're in the playoffs going into the last twelve games and just completely fell away. The 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 one win was Shock Horror against Derby County, who obviously were horrendous. But they've got Swansea t- on Tuesday in the Carabao. Um, Tough game, um, then. Yeah, but Swansea will rotate. They'll just play on the 23s, I thought. Yeah, true. Russell Martin. But, um, I mean, they've, they've got some half-decent players at this level, but like you say, when I think there's probably a lack of seniority in the squad with only having 17 signed on. And you carry in injury-prone players like John Swift and Lucas Yao. Obviously, they lost uh, Elise to Palace and then, what was a fullback? Omar Richards, Omar was Richards. it? To buy yeah, to buy him. Yeah. So... I think when you're losing two key players like that, because Elise was so good at this level last season, it's going to affect you in it quite badly. So, I mean, it's one of them really. Like, it could be anything. Mm. Again, because hard to I say, think, isn't it? This early on in the season. Yeah, I mean, remember the away game last season when absolutely, you know, Reese has had probably one of his best games for you know, Potsy scored 
you know, running in from, from deep. I think Barkey had a good game that night. Jordan I, story with that tackle. Yeah, after his fuck up on halfway line. Yeah. So it's yeah, this is it'd be good for fans to see us win there because our form there is horrendous. Yeah. So I just hope lads are making the making the distance down and doing the travelling that they get rewarded properly. But Yeah, it's a bit yeah. like a Derby away has been for us, isn't it? Maybe not as bad as Derby away, but yeah, it's just—it's just one of those games in it where you look at it on the and as soon as you see its first away game in bed, and you think, "Oh God, not again!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, prediction? Um, I'm going to go two-one either way. I'll say one-nil North End. Obviously, yeah. I'll have a, a stormer and. Uh, DJ will get off the mark. Interesting, but um, I think this is like they've changed the name at stadium, haven't they? It's now the Select Car Leasing Stadium because oh, we've Jesus. got a sponsorship. Said the Majeski. It's like, oh, come on. Just imagine if so, we did that. Oh, it's selling your soul in it. It's selling your soul yeah. to the devil. Um, horrendous, absolutely horrendous. Hopefully. The good news is next year, if, we, if they don't go down, or we don't go down anyway, or if we go down together, um, there's a, a train station opening like a mile away from the ground because at the minute it's like it's an absolute mission to get there if you go on the train. So there's a station opening up in the industrial estate called Green Park. They've done some proper research today. So that'll like, <laughs> it'll help us so much because Reading's a good good trip like, you know, on the train because you go into, into London and then back out. Yeah, if that station opens up on well, it's, it's meant to open up last year, but it's spring twenty twenty two now. Just means like for a mooch for an away day, it'll be a lot easier than lot easier. what it is now. Yeah. So admittedly, you have to get into Reading. It's like a taxi out to the ground, and it's fucking it's nowhere near like the town centre yeah. itself. It's just like oh, it's soulless bowl Reading. It's just grim. But then that car park because I've driven the last two times we've gone to Reading, and there's massive car park like outside the away end and everything yeah. it just takes forever to get off and it's just like it's just full of people that are just you know rugby fans that's the best way I can describe it they're not they're not on my hit list of nice clubs to go to because it's just like a bit weird just hate hate going there but especially when you get beaten in the 96th minute yeah like we did last time like 1-0 after like oh, so done alright here we've seen out a point the sound and then bang 96th minute you're thinking fuck's sake <laughs> It's just like, if anything could round up following North End, that was it. Yeah, cool. I think unless you've got anything else you want to add, mate, we can uh, call that a pod. No, let's just um, let's hope for a better week. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, I mean, it, I would say it can't get much worse, but it could get worse. But it could, but end of the day, I think I hope, hope we've just broken the back of it in terms of like, that's as low as it could go. Because if it goes much lower, we are in deep shit. It's going to be a long season if it goes oh, much mate. lower. Oh mate, it's going to be horrendous. But I'm just trying to stay positive. I, I'm, you know, as put as much of a positive like as an honest slant on it as I can. Like, but yeah, two. It's... Well, I mean, if, from from that point of view, it's two winnable games coming up, isn't it? So you know, let's hope for a better week and let's hope that this time got, next week he's got to attack it, Jake. You can't yeah. like we can't just sit in this five-two-one-two shape and be so narrow and think everything's going to be all right. And hope so goals on be. the counter or like goals from set pieces because the championships a bloody hard league. 
And it's an even harder league to get into if, you, if we drop down to League One, which is the unthinkable at this moment in time. But yeah. you, you look at the clubs in that le- in that league. I mean, fuck going to Morecambe. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. I do. Right. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. And thank you, listener, for listening to episode two of season three of the From the Finney podcast. Obviously, it's not been the start to the season that we all would have hoped for, but let's just hope things get better from here on out. As I said at the start, if you want to support From the Finney, you can go to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. Give us a follow on Twitter if you aren't already. And if you're listening on an Apple device, uh, we'd appreciate it if you could leave us a review as well. So, yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you very much. No worries.